0: Oscar Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hey, Britton. Hey, Matt. How you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. How are you?
0: I am good, and I am ready To answer all of our listeners who have just been hanging out there in podcast land, wondering what that last neighborhood we were talking about was. Lay it on them. Nope.
1: you want to give a quick rundown of a couple of the things?
0: Uh, There's a conspiracy uh, theory out there that realtors renamed this neighborhood so that it wouldn't be associated with the Western edition and could therefore be sold for more, which is not true. Although there was a period of time that the Realtors did try and market it as Park North. But that's a whole (laughs) whole whole other story. And it has no parks in it, but it is uh, right across the street from the Panhandle, which is a great park. It's park
1: adjacent. All right.
0: So let's move on to another neighborhood, shall we? We shall. All right.
1: So first clue. this neighborhood is famous, well, as famous as one can be, for a sundial. Which, at the time of its dedication in 1913, was the largest sundial in the whole country.
0: Which is kind of funny, since I wouldn't describe this as one of the most sunny neighborhoods in San Francisco. This is true. (laughs) But hey, we've got an enormous sundial. It doesn't always work, though. All right, so uh, if I'm uh, looking for a a neighborhood with a big sundial, give me some other clues.
1: So it has a lot of pride, and it even has its own newsletter called The Sundial.
0: (gasps) I wonder where they got that idea.
1: Perhaps The Sundial.
0: What do they cover in The Sundial?
1: All sorts of things. They have a real estate update section, neighborhood events, legislative advocacy, and a section to remember neighbors who have passed away. Oh my goodness! Because there's a lot of people who have been there for quite some time. Yeah, and a lot of people know each other in that neighborhood. It's a very tight knit community.
0: It is a very tight knit community, and I love all of our neighborhood newspapers, at least the ones that still exist. There and used it, to there used to be more. They're, they're dead. But uh, all right. Uh, speaking of things that used to be, a horse
1: racing track, the Pacific Coast Jockey Club opened a racetrack there in 1895, and there were about twelve thousand people. For the opening, even in the pouring rain. And the original racetrack loop is a current road in this neighborhood. Urbano. That could be it.
0: Yeah. Um, no horses on it these days. Nope. That so racetrack that closed following cool. the
1: 1906 earthquake and fire. Obviously, it wasn't just the earthquake that damaged things. And its owner at the time, Thomas Williams, offered the trek to the city to use as a camp for homeless San Franciscans.
0: And I'm sure they needed the space. You know, earthquake cottages and tents and all sorts of things popped up all over the city after the quake. Yeah. So that seems pretty likely. Then what?
1: So after that, when they decided, when the owners of the land decided not to reopen the horse race track, the neighborhood became one of eight master-planned residence parks in San Francisco, and it officially opened in 1913.
0: Ah, residence parks. Like, the beginning... Of, like, the suburban idea. Yeah. But, you know, it used to be after the hustle and bustle of downtown San Francisco, you can retreat to the quiet nature enclave far from the city in this neighborhood. And there were eight of them, and they all have CCNRs that hurt to read in 2019.
1: Do they ever?
0: So, when did the first person move into this neighborhood?
1: So the first resident actually moved in a little earlier than 1913, which was the official opening. The first person moved in in June of
0: 1912. And I'm going to guess that this was a a Caucasian person.
1: Yes. These residence parks, as they were called, had CCNRs that you read them today and it's just shocking and appalling because, of course, these portions of these documents are no longer valid, but they said that only... White people can live there unless. Similarly, Christian, right?
0: Some of them said you yeah. had to be Christian. Anywho, uh, when did the first non Caucasian move into the neighborhood?
1: A gentleman by the name of Cecil Poole moved in in 1957.
0: An historic moment.
1: Absolutely. He was an assistant district attorney and he went on to become a federal judge. And the home that he and his family purchased was located at 90 Cedro Avenue.
0: And wouldn't say exactly got a warm welcome.
1: Oh, it's, um, it, this is painful to even talk about. Someone burned a cross on his front lawn.
0: Um, Which was the most overt form of racism, but there were other subtler forms as well. However, they stayed in the neighborhood until? The early 1980s. So, uh, yay them, 20 plus years in the neighborhood. And uh, speaking of the CCNRs, these uh, neighborhood CCNRs um, said that the original homes had to cost how much?
1: They had to cost at least $3,500 to construct.
0: All right. And uh, any other interesting... Tidbits on these CC&Rs? Well,
1: they said that only single family homes could be built in this neighborhood. No duplexes, flats, apartments, or commercial buildings allowed. So, this is you will only find single family homes. Not a single condo, not a single apartment, not a single store. Cafe. Nothing. Nothing
0: mixed use. Nope. The corner stores are all across the street, yeah. <laughs> they're
1: corner store adjacent.
0: Ah, so it's a lovely neighborhood to walk through, although it doesn't have sidewalks for the most part, how would I get to it?
1: So the uh, Muni K line runs right along Ocean Avenue toward West Portal, or head down to the Glen Park or Balboa Park BART stations and City College. Unipero Sara, Sarah, sorry, Boulevard offers commuters easy access to the peninsula.
0: I wish we could just rename Unipero Sarah and give them a first name like Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. All right. I'm pretty sure I know where this neighborhood is. A, a realtor would say it's D4 west of Twin Peaks. That is true. All right. And, um, on the North side, Ocean Avenue, Holloway on the South side, the aforementioned unit on the West side and Ashton on the East. Those would be our neighborhood boundaries roughly. Indeed. And, uh, if you go there, there are very large pillars with the neighborhood name on it. It's true. <laughs> not to leave you guessing. <laughs> and not only is it super walkable to everything that's on Ocean Avenue, there is also a pretty large mall not too far.
1: Not too far away.
0: Stonestown. So All tune, right.
1: tune in next time. If you haven't figured it out, we'll spill the beans. Until
0: then, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and leave us a, a great review on your favorite podcast store. Oscar Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com.